Hello and welcome to this edition of the Heart Podcast. I'm Dr. Alistair Lindsay and we're recording tonight from BMA House in central London. In this podcast, we will discuss a topic that we haven't previously addressed, looking specifically at the issue of self-care for heart failure patients and how that's most effectively done. This follows on from a paper recently submitted and published online in Heart called Determinants of Effective Heart Failure Self-Care, a Systematic Review of Patients' and Caregivers' Perceptions. I'm delighted to say that the first author of the paper, uh, Alexander Clark, joins me on the line now. Uh, Good evening, Alexander. Good morning in your case. Good morning, Alistair. Uh, Well, thank you very much for joining us and for your paper, which we very much enjoyed reading in Heart. Um, Your paper addresses the topic of self-care for heart failure patients. And I I have to say, I think this is a a very important topic and not one that perhaps gets uh, enough coverage. We know that pharmacotherapy and device therapy for heart failure patients nowadays is a mainstay of of medical care. But heart failure is is very much a chronic condition, of course, and it's something that patients have to live with sometimes for protracted periods. And so how patients look after themselves and the care environment they're in is obviously something that's very important. And I think one of the things your paper shows very nicely is that there is a, a lot of research and literature on this topic out there already. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that is fair to say. Um, you know, guidelines have shown that heart failure self-care is important. Um, a lot of work over the last 10 or 15 years has been devoted to it. But we maybe haven't crystallized or drawn enough lessons from that body of evidence, partly because it's scattered about over different journals. It can be labeled in different ways. So it's really important to bring, I think, in this paper that evidence together and then consider the practical implications of it for healthcare. Yes, and I, I think you've done that very nicely. Um, when we talk about self-care for patients, what sort of areas are, are we looking at? I mean, obviously helping them deal with complex medication regimes is, is one that's quite often uh, in the front of our minds. But what other sort of self-care areas has have been addressed in the literature? Yeah, the other dimensions of heart failure self-care that the literature say are important uh, would be um, monitoring weight um, objectively every day, um, issues around ensuring that that fluid intake isn't excessive, um, that salt and alcohol and smoking are avoided, uh, and that patients engage in regular physical activity, have good mental health, uh, and seek help from doctors and nurses and other healthcare professionals when it's appropriate to do so. And all these things are really essential if the heart failure is to be managed effectively at home in the community. So very much a a total holistic approach, would you say? Absolutely. So, you know, we're acknowledging the effectiveness of medicines, but also the importance of taking medicines in accordance with prescriptions, but also the gamma of other behavioral risk factors and Mm. behaviors to do with self-care that are important in ensuring patients live long and live well. Absolutely. And I thought one thing you pointed out in actually the introduction to your systematic review that's very important is that the Medical Research Council framework for the design and evaluation of complex interventions suggests that uh, so-called user perspectives, so I think I presume that means patient perspectives, are really valuable and vital to how we think about uh, self-care. And it, that seems to be something that you've looked at in, in your systematic review. Is it something that, again, there's a lot of literature on? Or is this uh, idea of using the patient perspective something that's a relatively new thought? Yeah, I think that 
idea of the patient perspective, certainly in the United Kingdom and, and the United States, has been there for you know about a decade now. Right. Um, through notions of the expert patients, through notions of user involvement in policy. Um, and the Medical Research Council framework really brings that to the attention of people who are involved in designing and evaluating interventions, clinical trialists, with the key notion being that you can't really intervene unless you first understand a problem. And so you have to draw collective lessons and insights from research to understand before you intervene. And I see this as being an important contribution of this paper in terms of potentially informing future interventions. Absolutely, that's fascinating. So it, in terms of how you went about your systematic review, could you maybe tell us how you boiled down the, the large amount of literature that is out there on this topic? Yeah, absolutely. So this um, systematic review was focused on types of research studies that were about how patients see, how they understand their conditions, what they value and what they actually do, in this case in terms of heart failure self-care. So we really focused on the types of research methods, um, which were qualitative research methods that focused on that. Mm -hmm. And we looked at patients and caregivers and health professionals' accounts of the heart failure self-care. And when we, working with the librarian, incorporated that into a systematic approach to include and exclude studies, that allowed us to sort through the, actually a very large body of qualitative studies and crystallize these down to 49 studies that had data, included the right people, and addressed the issue of self-care adequately. I see. So from those 49 studies, uh, moving to the results section of the paper, I think you've very nicely distilled down four key skills which you feel are really important to make sure that patient self-care is is, is optimized. Uh, Those four key skills, I I think, are probably equal in waiting in my view, but I would certainly be interested to know your thoughts. Can you talk us through those in a bit more detail? Yes, for sure. Um, The four key skills really all relate to what self-care is, how patients do it, and practically how other people are involved. Mm -hmm. And what we found was that a fairly key limitation was that self-care knowledge deficits were very evident throughout the studies. Um, and, And knowledge as we see it in this way is necessary for effective heart failure self-care. So for example, patients didn't have a great knowledge of what self-care behaviors were important. They sometimes had a knowledge of what symptoms they had but didn't see these as being linked to the heart. And they didn't understand basic aspects of their medicines and basic elements of heart failure self-care, such as weight monitoring, physical activity, and salt restriction. Mm -hmm. So with a view that these elements are well identified in past research as being important and it's there, therefore an issue of concern when patients don't know about these. That's not a solid foundation upon which to exercise effective heart failure self-care management. Oh, I, so I see. Absolutely. key limitation yeah. being yeah, knowledge limitations um, that, that still exist and those really shouldn't exist. Right. So, yeah, so you, you point that out as, uh, I think, key skill number three, knowledge and uh, the range of heart failure self-care. And I think some of the examples you give are, are very nice. I mean, not every patient, for example, is aware that uh, sodium and, and can, is contained in salt and these sorts of things can't be taken for granted. And that's where uh, good patient education is, is so important. Yeah. And in relation to that key skill as well, the fact that the patients are not 
often managing their condition alone, that they usually do it with their partner, yes. their caregiver, is really important because those caregivers were not always involved in care either. Right. And that's the, something you point out very nicely in Key Skill 4. And uh, in that same paragraph, you mentioned something which I thought was uh, very interesting that certainly hadn't crossed my mind, was that some caregivers actually have the potential to, to overcare. Therefore, they, they take over so many duties that perhaps the, the patient needs to be aware of themselves, that that leads to a potential detriment in the patient's care. Yeah, absolutely. And and having interviewed and worked with these patients, you know, over the last 15 years, you do sometimes see that whereby the the willingness and, and the work ethic and the care ethic that the caregivers bring sometimes don't always serve the patient's best interest well in terms of fostering independence. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, around medication compliance, whereby the husband or the wife does all aspects of the medication management and the patient themselves just consumes the medicine. Whereas that patient could actually be more involved in the management on a day-to-day basis, and that would help and preserve their cognitive function better over the long term, as well as their sense of independence and self-efficacy over their condition. Yes, absolutely. And you carry on from that, you highlight in key skill number one, that one way perhaps to help patients do that is to try and integrate, for example, medications into the patient's normal life patterns, their day-to-day routines. Absolutely. And often issues here to do with patients were not remembering um, what they had done and remembering to do everything that they should do. And a big, big trigger for helping them do that were aspects of their daily life. When they got up in the morning, what they tended to do each day. And instances where patients could carefully and systematically link elements of their heart failure self-care with these life routines meant that they were far more likely to remember and to be able to successfully incorporate the self-care demands into their daily life. And these demands, as we know, are numerous. They are sometimes complex. So this is an important aspect that you can use to harness and foster compliance in dealing with a fairly difficult regimen. Absolutely. And anecdotally, I have to say that absolutely fits with my own experiences of of relatives and friends that have to take medications and how they fit it into the daily routine. There do seem to be certain triggers during the day when it seems to come back to their mind. Um, Just the last key skill, if I may move on to that, is that you also really stress how important it is for patients to be aware of what symptoms to be looking out for. Um, You mentioned weight, for example, earlier on, daily weights, but also not just doing that, recognising when things are getting worse and being able to act upon the information. Absolutely. It's really quite profound that, that patients delay a long time Um, when they have worsening symptoms and they don't always understand what's going on um, in their bodies when they have worsening symptoms around their heart failure. Obviously, as health professionals, we want them to seek the right kinds of help from the right people at the right time. But so often that knowledge was not there. Uh, And it's an important element of self-care then to address those what-ifs and those contingencies with patients before they necessarily have to deal with them. So they're not left alone, so they don't delay too long, or so they don't necessarily uh, contact the wrong person. Ideally, you know, they should be talking to the family doctor. If things are really bad, they should be visiting the accident and emergency department. But often the patients are delaying, and the consequence of that is the symptoms are very much worse when they do actually get into hospital. And we know that they can stay a mean of 13 days there, and that's expensive and potentially avoidable. 
Oh, I see. So a mean of 13 days in the home environment or the hospital, sorry? Uh, 13 days in the hospital yes. environment. Which could potentially so be brought, tend to be brought very, down. Yeah. They tend to be very symptomatic when they arrive in hospital because they've delayed so long. Uh, and there are elements of that that are very preventable if patients can seek help for treatment earlier, ideally from their family doctor um, or uh, from their heart failure disease management clinic. Okay. Well, in terms of how the medical community, both doctors and nurses, can help in this process, in the discussion at the end of the paper, you list seven quite important elements which need to be considered uh, in regard to how we promote effective patient self-care as as a profession. Would you be able to run us through any of those? For example, you mentioned pillboxes specifically and addressing some of the patient's uh, self-care beliefs before they actually get home. Yeah, for sure. Uh, While self-care is complex and difficult, there are many fairly simple things that we can do as health professionals to help. Simple things like including both patients and caregivers in clinical consultations, Mm. encouraging them to come together, seeking first as health professionals to understand their beliefs, the patient and the caregiver's beliefs about what's wrong with um, what's wrong with the patient and what self-care is is really important. Asking open-ended questions, making sure and verifying that they do understand what's going on. And then based on that understanding, integrating our clinical care with their values, their experiences and their life routines with a view to fostering on that more systematized way the ongoing compliance with medication regimen and ensuring that effective heart failure self-care is integrated every day in every possible way into the patient's life. Yes, and in fact, you mentioned in in one point at the end that general skills around heart failure self-care can actually be obsessed, uh, sorry, assessed objectively and relatively quickly as well. Is is that something that uh, you've integrated into your, your own practice in Canada? Yes, there are a number of different tools you can use now to fairly rapidly screen people for their effectiveness around heart failure self-care to get a sense fairly quickly about what's, uh, what their knowledge is and whether they're engaging in the right kinds of skills. Certainly through disease management clinics that are common in Canada and common in the UK, there's more scope to do this. But in many ways, the real impact on healthcare will come when these tools and this type of healthcare is more incorporated into primary care, into general practice. Because at any one point in time, most people with heart failure are living in the community and they're seeing their family doctors five and six and seven times a year at minimum. So family doctors can make a big difference here if they do the right things. Well, I think that's a really important message on which to finish. And I must thank you again for a really fascinating paper, very, very thought-provoking, uh, which is available uh, in now in Heart Online and in print. And thank you very much for submitting it. It's my great pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.